Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello, and with me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you today? I'm feeling a little bit nostalgic. How are you? I'm good. You know, we had sat down and we had talked about what would be some of the most important things to bring to our listeners. And we do have quite a number of people that are are very obsessed with Disney, but we do have some folks that are listening that attempting a Disney trip seems overwhelming, right? And so as a travel specialist, you had mentioned you get you get questions about where do we begin? What do I do? What's for me? What's for my family? So we thought it'd be a cool little segment, and we're going to weave these in for you know every couple of weeks to break down the individual parks. And so today, the episode is called Stroll Through the Magic Kingdom. Let's do exactly that. Let's give a little bit of the history of how the Magic Kingdom began, the major attractions that are there, the things we have to hit, so on and so forth. So let's begin with where it all began. Talk to us about that. Well, as we've mentioned before, we are coming up on the 50th anniversary. So October 1st, 1971 was opening day for Magic Kingdom. And it definitely, to steal a line from a non-Disney movie, if you build it, they will come. The turnout (laughs) that opening day, obviously, Magic Kingdom was not the first park. It was the first park in Florida, but... We know Disneyland was first, but really this exploration of land just has allowed it to grow and flourish and be a rite of passage for people. We get calls all the time. I have to take my child or I'm not a good parent. This is that trip that everybody looks to do. With those calls come trepidation, fear, People want to make the most out of their experience. So today's show is really going to be all about, you know, the things that you need to know about the Magic Kingdom. So you get these questions. Oh, I walk in, I'm overwhelmed. Where do I go first? In your opinion, I guess, then, you know, where do you go first? So typically people are going to now go, depending on the age of their kids and their preferences, Number one hit up item in my mind, even though it's not me, it's definitely my daughter. They hit that Starbucks right on Main Street. That's option one for where to go first. Option two is definitely that picture in front of the castle with as few people behind you as possible because everybody needs that picture to commemorate a trip. And option three is for the diehards that love the thrill rides and don't want to wait online. They make a beeline right for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And so for for those of you that have not been or do not remember, that Starbucks, as Sandy's mentioning, right on Main Street, Main Street Bakery has been kind of absorbed into the Starbucks umbrella. So it's not just you're going there and getting your traditional Starbucks fare. There's, There's a little bit more to it. It has more of a Disney feel to it than a traditional Starbucks would. And I tease, Disney now has six Starbucks, one per theme park, two in... Disney Springs, and they are among the longest lines you will wait in for your trip. This Starbucks coffee still gets everybody even when they're in the magic lands. Well, and as, as you've no, you've mentioned before, you're more of a, a diet soda drinker than you are a coffee drinker. But as somebody that was married, has been married to a coffee drinker now for over a decade, I've, I've been converted to a coffee drinker. There's nothing like a nice cup of coffee to get you going to set you off on a long day of magic, which let's be fair. That's what a lot of these trips are. So we move from where we go first to the classic attractions. When you think of the Magic Kingdom, there are certain attractions that are the very first things that come to your mind. Cornerstones. Talk to us about the classics. 
And definitely we're talking about the classics that still exist as sadly some of our favorites are not there anymore. But, you know, regardless of when you went to Disney, it's a small world and carousel of progress that we've talked about originally actually came from the world's fair, definite classic attractions. Peter Pan, Enchanted Tiki Room, The Jungle Cruise. Those are really all of those childhood memories that everybody has, even if they haven't been to Disney in 20, 30, 40 years. That's what their memory is on. And I can remember right when we had gotten married, we were going on a trip there with a couple other newly married couples. And there was there was one friend of ours that just she said she hadn't been to Disney World in like 15 years. And she just kept singing, you know, that that song about tomorrow, that song about tomorrow. My wife and I just kept looking at each other like, what the heck is she talking about? And then we got back into the Carousel of Progress. And she's like, this was the song. It's a great, a great big, great, beautiful, big tomorrow. beautiful tomorrow. So, you know, things like that. And then the song from the Small World, which obviously you, you don't even have to have been to Disney World and you know the song from Small World. Uh, you know, Jeff, we might lose some listeners today. We're going for all <laughs> the earworms. But they do. They stick in your head, right? And, and it's part of what makes the Disney experience so memorable is that these things stay with you as you go. So the classics are classics for a reason. They're, they they have certain elements that will always stick with you. And Peter Pan, I mean, you can go on and on. The Tiki Room, we're not going to sing the Tiki song. Although and I think before. also because they're a ride that is good for everybody, yeah. they're what brings people together. Again, they're original rides. So you could be talking to somebody you went 10 years ago and they went 30 years ago, they may not remember a little reference that you and I might give on something like Splash Mountain or Haunted Mansion. But as you said, they're all remembering the Small World song, that great big beautiful tomorrow. That brings everybody together on those Disney classics. And one of the things, obviously, that I'm sure you deal with with clients that'll be important to talk to is that some of these classic attractions do tend to have uh, lines that need to be navigated in a specific way. So don't forget to reach out to your, your travel specialist to make sure that you, you get the best bang for your buck for your wait time there. But let's move away from the classics and kind of go to some of our thrill rides, right? I mean, for those of you that haven't been to Disney in a long time or that you're not really Disney people and you're checking this out because you want to know a little bit about the Magic Kingdom, Disney's not exactly your roller coaster uh, conglomerate here, right? But they do have certain thrills. Talk to us about the thrill rides inside the Magic Kingdom. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, our newest thrill ride. Big Thunder Railroad, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain. And depending on your definition of thrills, maybe you're a little competitive bunch and that's your thrill. Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger, Spin. So it works for anybody. You know, you strike me as somebody that spends some time uh, on Buzz Lightyear trying to beat whoever you're sitting in that that little cart with. That sounds like you. We, We definitely have gone that route. And again, there are some tricks of the trade there that, I will fess up. I don't always remember my <laughs> my last ride through. Kudos to my uh, nephew for filling the scoreboard above me. But I think it's I think it's true when you say thrills. There that that word means different things to different folks, right? So you might not be somebody that wants to go on Space Mountain and ride a roller coaster in the dark, but you can handle you know shooting some lasers, you know. So and that depends. competitive spirit that brings the energy of the family. It's usually done in a great way, and everybody's excited for it. Thing- You'll find often families the second time or third time through because again that thrill of 
who carries the title of, you know, first commander or whatever different ranking you got on the board. People are looking for that, that thrill of the brag, right? And, and you had mentioned them by name, but obviously the mountains we have to be very particular with in the order in which we hit them, paying attention to wait times as well. If you are someone that wants to ride coasters, you should hit all of them. I mean, you really, really should. And I'm, I'm throwing Splash Mountain in there too, even though it's not a roller coaster, but you know, Big Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain, those are, those are things, Mine Train, those are things you have to hit if you enjoy roller coasters. For sure. And as you said, some of it is a little bit of knowing and planning. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of outdoor rides if you're there in the summer in the afternoon rain. So you don't want to have Mine Train in the afternoon because it's outside, but Space Mountain's inside. So all those little things to get you through the thrills. Well, you mentioned rain, so let's talk about it, right? If you're in Florida at pretty much any time in the year, it's guaranteed to rain at certain at a certain point in the day. So you're in the middle of this theme park. You've spent the time and the money to get there. You're enjoying yourself, and then bang, it rains. Where do you go to get out of the rain in the Magic Kingdom? I love the people mover to get out of the rain because... It almost never has a line, so it can start to pour. You can get right on. And if you're not a thrill ride person, I like the people mover. You can feel like you had your thrill ride. It does take you a tiny bit through Space Mountain. I love the people mover, period. So forget, forget about rain. It's one of my favorite things there. But you're right, definitely to get out of the rain. Country Bear Jamboree, huge inside waiting area in the lobby and then a show. So great to get out. And the same for Laugh Floor, big interior lobby with the queue and then a show. So both good things for that 20, 30 minute afternoon rain that you'll often find in Florida. And one of the things that I think is good to point out, all three things, things you can do with children, right? It's not, not something you have to figure out a way to, to keep your kid occupied you can, you, you can bring your child of any age into all three of those things. Okay, so that's the rain. Again, we had talked about the fact that sometimes these trips can be um, long. They can be tiring, as, as magical as they are. They're, the Florida sun could bake down on you. Maybe you're there with grandma and grandpa. Where do you go when you just need a break? You need to calm down and, and, and take a breath before you move on to your next magical moment. So one of the shout outs that I'm going to give is, again, the people mover, technically named Tomorrowland Transit Authority, the TTA. Um, It's great to relax. It goes inside and outside so you can cool off. It's also a great spot to get an infant to go to sleep because it has some dark passages to it. But I also love Tom Sawyer Island, really kind of stretch and run around a little bit get some energy out and the railway just get on the train and all the way around the magic kingdom the thing about tom Sawyer island is i feel like it doesn't get the love that it should right i mean it's it's legitimately everything you just described it is a break you get on that boat and you go across the waterway there and it's almost as if you forget that you're in the middle of a theme park there's just so much unique foliage and the atmosphere it's something that's totally different from anything else that you find inside the magic kingdom and i was gonna say you hit on it with the word unique i think one of the ways that it is drastically different and that's not a bad thing is that you entertain yourself there 
part of why I recommend it for a break is it's not overstimulation. It is an island and some trees and you take a quaint raft ride over there. It's not like the other rides. There isn't music going and animatronics and bright colors. It's really just a relaxing outdoor time. You set the pace and you control how long you're there and what you do. It's not as guided and scripted as a regular attraction. It also, for those of you that are interested in pictures from different angles, it offers you a cool little uh, opportunity to take some pictures of different parts of the park from places where you're not normally standing. You can get a nice little view of the Haunted Mansion from where you're standing on the island that you're not going to get from anywhere else. So it's it's a cool little opportunity there. Like you said, take a breath, take a breather, and just kind of take in the sights rather than you know be a part of the sights. And I have to be honest, as much as people say, you know, I don't want to wait online, I think when there's a line, people feel like if they don't get on it, they're missing something. Mm -hmm. And because of where you get on that raft to go to Tom Sawyer Island and the number of people that go, you don't see these super long waits with an hour-long line. And I think it honestly throws people. The railway the same way for me. Right. It allows you to go through the entire park and see different things and take a breath. You know, I, I, I think the three things that you've hit here when you need a break, not only are they great opportunities to take a break and take a breath and step back to me, they're just as much major attractions when I visit than anything else. They're they're very much a part of what this park is. And I can't really imagine going on a trip without hitting all of them. And one of the nice things is they're in very different areas of the park. They're Tom Sawyer and People Mover are pretty much as opposite as you can get. The <laughs> railway you can pick up in a couple of different spots. So you're never far away from that spot if it's meltdown time for a kid or an adult and you need that escape. Well, from taking a break to things that are on the horizon, I'm very excited for what's coming soon to the Magic Kingdom, mostly because... Every time I've been there, I've seen an, another piece of it getting getting built as I'm waiting online to get on a, a smaller roller coaster with my daughter. Talk to us about what's coming up soon. The Tron Light Cycle Power Run is coming, and it is a thrill ride, a semi-enclosed steel motorbike roller coaster. And as you said, you definitely can see it being built. I Because I typically have a car when I'm there, I've put up on our facebook page and i'll put some links in the show notes i've put up video that i've taken from inside the park back by pete circus and i've put video that i've taken from outside the park the building for tron really comes very close to the perimeter of the park and you can drive right by the outside and see all of that change coming it is up already in Shanghai, so we've kind of got that as a sneak peek. We don't have an opening date for it in Magic Kingdom yet, but if your trip is coming up soon, head a little bit. If you're looking at Space Mountain, head a little bit to the left. You won't be able to miss it, and not quite the same as getting on the ride, but they do have a ride vehicle that you can sit on, get some cool photos in, and get a feel for what's coming. And that, that roller coaster that I was talking about waiting online for with my with my daughter, if you have a little thrill ride uh, enthusiast with you, Goofy's Barnstormer is where we saw that. You can see it as you weave up that line there. You can see 
you know, the makings of what they've got going on there. Um, we didn't cover a bunch of stuff. It, it's uncommon for us to not talk <laughs> about food a whole lot in the middle of a show. So I guess let's do a, a quick rundown of the food options and then we'll go over some attractions that we didn't cover. So because it's the original park and when you've heard us talk about Disneyland being in the middle of a city, I think the food options there were never thought out to be as grand as they are now. Mm -hmm. So we've got some great choices. Everything when we're looking at sit down dining, Tony's Town Square, Crystal Palace, the longest name restaurant in the world, Junger Cruise Navigation Company Skipper's Canteen, <laughs> Be Our Guest, Liberty Tree Tavern. Um, so many great choices. And one of the things that I love that they offer there is a great food tour. So it starts first thing in the morning at Tony's. It takes you through some of the kitchens into the restaurants and snack samplings all through the park. So it is a good foodie park, even though typically that's the claim to fame given to Epcot. But beyond the food, there are more attractions in Magic Kingdom than any other park. So lots of great things that we didn't talk about because often when you were saying earlier, you know, how did we come up with this? Magic Kingdom is the park that everybody knows and looks for. Correct. But when we thought about these shows, we thought about it across the board, doing a similar format for all four shows. And we'll often get the call and someone's looking at planning and they'll say, well, we're thinking Magic Kingdom in one other park. Which park would you recommend? Or which parks can you leave out? Or they'll say to me, I was told my kids won't like Epcot or my kids won't like Hollywood Studios. And then when I start to name things, people are always like, oh, that's there? So what didn't we cover? We didn't cover a lot of attractions. Everything from the carousel, Aladdin's magic carpets, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion. This also has the story time with Belle, which is such a great interactive character opportunity. The Tomorrowland Speedway, again, kind of up there with the classics, those cars that you ride. Uh, many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and a lot of character meets, a lot of options, everything from Princess Fairy Tale Hall to Ariel meeting in her grotto and meet and greets all over the park. They really have a lot of character opportunities. I would say without a doubt, you could easily get to see 20 different characters in a day. Again, when we had discussed doing this, there was no possible way we were going to be able to go through all the attractions, right? I mean, you're, there's somebody there listening to the show going, you didn't mention my favorite thing. You didn't mention Dumbo. You didn't, you know, I mean, there's, there's no matter what we do, you're never going to hit them all. And I think that speaks to the incredible nature of the Magic Kingdom is that you can sit here and talk for 20 minutes about this park and then something else so magical can come to your head. You'd be like, of course. And that's what comes out of your mouth. I think that's it. And everybody's needs are different. Correct. But most people are looking for the thing to get out of the way. Most people are looking for the thing to give you a break. So, again, our intent is to stay in our about 20 minutes a week and give an overview. But we're happy to always talk with people in greater detail about the parks. Right. This is just to give you a couple of little tidbits to file away that are going to help you in a tough situation and during your trip. Well, let, let's close with a couple of different tough situations. How about the shopping experiences? 
There's plenty of opportunity. <laughs> Shops throughout the park and, of course, Main Street USA. Everything from general stores to crystal stores, a candy store, a Pandora exclusive store, uh, a purse store where you can get your Doonies and your Kate Spades. Lots of shopping opportunities available here. Buy what you see when you see it. It may or may not be available elsewhere, especially if you're in one of the gift shops near an attraction. Most of the things that you find in the Emporium, the largest gift shop, tend to be at a lot of the places on property unless they specifically say Magic Kingdom on the mug, on the shirt, etc. But things that you're finding at individual attractions tend to only be available in that one place for purchase. Let's try to close this show out with a couple of things. Talk to me about any fun facts that you know about the Magic Kingdom that maybe we need to know of. So if you're a big Disney file, you know Club 33 started out in Disneyland and the exclusivity of that membership. And now all of the parks have a Club 33 in the U.S. So Magic Kingdom was the very first Club 33 to open in Orlando. And just one quick reference about Club 33. It isn't the type of thing that any any random guest that is attending the park can walk into and just go and, and have a bite at, correct? It is definitely not. Club 33 is a membership-only club with a pretty intense interview <laughs> and application before you can be admitted. It has an admission fee your first year and then annual fees after that. Besides the hidden Mickeys, which we've talked about many shows, in Magic Kingdom, we have a hidden Donald. So if you're riding Haunted Mansion, check out that chair in one of the opening rooms that will give you the hidden Donald. And I love, as you're exiting Little Mermaid, there is a hidden Steamboat Willie. If you get about three quarters of the way outside on the exit, look to your right on the rocks. Often there's a cast member there as many people stand there looking for it and they'll help you find the exact shape. You've got to be at the right angle to see it, but there is a hidden Steamboat Willie there. Take a listen to episode 49, where we walked through with a special guest all of the different architecture and some hidden tips for you and your family to check out. Sandy, anything else that you want to leave everybody with before we say goodbye tonight? I think basically one of the things you hit on earlier, we strolled through, we gave you some highlights, but if I were to poll 100 people, what is your favorite thing in Magic Kingdom? We're probably only going to have three or four duplicates. Everybody loves something different because there's so many little things to explore, little things to notice, hidden secrets, special hidden Mickey's, extra music, really take in everything that's in Magic Kingdom. It's not all about what ride can I get on next. All the more reason to reach out to somebody that's a travel specialist. Sandy, thanks for taking the time tonight. My pleasure. Great chatting with you. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share, have them like, and subscribe. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.